Alright, welcome. This uh this is our program, Black t- uh Black Sports nine eighty. Uh and and the reason for this program is basically because uh, you know, and Aaron will be able to attest, but we, we live in uh an area that's dominated by Northern Virginia and we you know, we, we root for the Redskins and the home teams here, but uh a lot of the the media coverage is subjective. And it doesn't really incorporate, you know, everybody's opinion. And, and it's really one-sided and it's skewed. And, you know, everybody talks about conspiracy theorists and all this other stuff. But, you know, one of the reasons for, like, you know, developing this program, which is based off of that, you know, we hear a lot of things in the media that come from the media that we just don't necessarily agree with. And um, and we, we know what's going on. We're not just, like, you know, just casual fans that just doesn't, you know, you know, you got your fans that just don't know what the heck they're talking about, but, you know, and then you have other fans that, that actually know what they're talking about and understand the game and know football, and and so, you know, basically we just, you know, developed this program to kind of address those different things, and so, you know, uh, today uh, a lot's gone on in football, um, and, and we, you know, we cover all sports, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, but, um, but today, uh, program we we start now talking about uh, the firing of uh, Pep Hamilton, the coach, offensive coordinator, and it's kind of uh, funny because you know, of course, uh, they gotta always find the black the black man to, to be the uh, scapegoat for situations like this. Are you saying black folks can't afford expensive cars? Huh, boss hog? <laughs> You don't like black people very much, do you, sir? I just don't. I mean, personally, I don't understand how Pip Hamilton was fired because of Andrew Luck playing like some trash. I mean, is that I guess it's just really the Golden Boy treatment, or uh, another theory could be that Chuck Pagano was like, well, if they're gonna fire me, then he's the next man up, so I gotta go ahead and get him up out of here, so that you know they'll have to keep me. So, I, I mean, I don't really know what, what the issue is, but I just don't think that Pep Hamilton should have been the one to catch the L given the circumstances. What do you think, Aaron? I think the Colts were 2-0 and when Matt Hasselbeck was quarterback. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, that that's a whole other issue. You're talking about Matt Hasselbeck and how he was playing, you know, the quarterback position, making better decisions. Then we see Andrew Luck uh, making, and it, and it's funny because if you look at the the stats, Andrew Luck right now, he's 20th in passing yards, he's 12th in TD passes, and Alabama is number one in picks. So I'm like, it's it's Andrew Luck's fault that the, the Colts are losing. I mean, their defense hasn't been the greatest, but but Andrew Luck being first in picks, turning the ball over, I mean, turning the ball over does not help you win. And I don't think Pep Hamilton is sending Andrew Luck out there with plays like, you know, anticipating he's going to throw the ball right to the defender that's covered. I mean, I watched the game Monday night, and uh, Andrew Luck was making bad throws. Like, he was throwing the Bama's like Drake over the receiver, and the ball would get smacked in the air and then get picked off. I'm like, why are you even throwing to him? <laughs> Got him! <laughs> he was just throwing passes into the secondary when nobody was around. I'm like, so who are you throwing to? But, you know, I, nobody's going to really crucify 
the the man responsible, Andrew Luck, in, in my opinion, because I mean he's responsible for them losing these games. You know what I'm saying? These turnovers. So I mean that that's interesting. You brought up Matt Hasselbeck because when Matt Hasselbeck was in there, they were winning, and he wasn't turning the ball over. And I mean. I, I I don't know, man. That's a, that's a sticky situation, but it looks like they're going to do uh, what they got to do at all costs to protect their golden boy, Andrew Luck. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this season plays out because, I mean, I don't think they're going to play all. You think they're going to play all, man? I, I think because of the garbage division they're in that they have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, but if, it looks like if the Texans turn things around um, – there's a chance that they might not, but who knows with that situation. So yeah. the bad thing about it is as bad as Andrew Luck's playing and as much as the team is floundering, they still have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, nah, they, they do. They still got a shot. I mean, the next game they play Denver next, and, and Denver's real. So I, I don't expect them to win that game. I mean, even with this, this change, I mean, they're going to try to come up, but Denver's probably going to going to smack their head. I mean, anytime Peyton Manning comes back home to Indianapolis where he started his career, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. So I, I, I anticipate them. Uh, and their offensive line is trash, too. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's – I don't think this next game they'll be able to get a W. I mean, if they do, that'll be help, help, helpful to them. But like you said, their division is bad. they got the Jaguars in and in it. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, next up on uh, on our list of uh, stuff to discuss is Cam Newton and his MVP season. And I was talking to some friends of mine, and they were, like, getting on me, talking about, like, Cam Newton shouldn't be considered for no MVP. It's too early to be talking about MVP. I'm like, do you see this brother has absolutely nobody on his team? He's working with... With Beltway League receivers, <laughs> the only star person he had or star athlete, you know, on his team is Greg Olson. And outside of that, every, he got a his number one wide receiver is Ted Ginn, who is a a return man. That's like Devin Hester being your number one receiver. That's like a fail. He got Devin Hester, he got Corey Brown, and he got Jericho Cotry, who like 38 years old. And he's an ex-Jet, so I would never trust an ex-Jet. You know what I'm saying? But I, the, the fact that they're winning games and they're 7-0 is amazing to me. Like, I just, when the owner didn't, like, go out and get him any talent, I mean, they could have traded for a receiver, you know, per the deadline. I just, I mean, and, and this is the thing. This is why we had this program here because I think that, you know, being African-American, the league is full of African-Americans. Like, it's not like, you know, it's a Caucasian league. It's, it's a predominantly minority, African-American driven league. But yet, nobody's really like heralding Cam Newton like that. Like, nobody's talking about Cam Newton. They're talking about Brady. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers. They're talking about all these other quarterbacks when I know Cam Newton's numbers aren't gaudy and they're not like, you know, stand, like, come off the charts or whatever, whatever. But, though, the fact that he's getting this team to win, you can say whatever you want about the defense. Their defense is decent. It's better It's better than average, but it's not, like, the best defense in the league. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even say it's better than, than Seattle's defense, but, you know, and, and I guess it's arguable, but 
the fact that he's able to score points with these with these two, these this the players that he has on his team, Jonathan Stewart, his knees is noodle soup. You know, these 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 second rate receivers and he's still being effective, man. You know, I, I think he should be considered for MVP if he's not being talked about as MVP. What do you think, Aaron? I think that I agree with you, and I think the thing that none of the talking heads on ESPN talk about is the fact that they have no team speed at receiver and running back. No like, speed. <laughs> eight people in the box on every snap almost, and he's still getting it done with his legs, still able to compete, pla- compete passes and, and be successful when the teams know you have no team speed. They're not shifting coverage to any of the receivers. None of them deserve that. So the fact that he's able to win with this trash team um, <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yo, and the thing is, they're not, they're not saying, like, he's a cerebral quarterback. He's smart. He's sat, they're like, he's athletic. He's big. His frame, 6'5", 2'6". I'm like, no, young, that's only going to get you but so far. Jamarcus Russell is, is as, big, as big as... You know, Cam Newton is. I mean, there's big, there's big receivers out there. I mean, big quarterbacks out there. But, yeah, he's winning with, like, like trash, you know. Like, it, it, it's just amazing to me that he's still winning. Like, he's winning. He's 7-0. and And nobody's even, like, talking about it. Like, they, it's just, like, it's just casual. Like, yeah, I mean, they're good, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it baffles me how he gets overlooked in, in that conversation. Um, you know, and so going forward with it, with our next topic, we, we're going to the NFC East. And, and generally, you know, we have other members on, on, the, on the panel that like to chime in because, you know, we're, we're local cats. And Aaron and myself, we're both Skins fans. So we're going to definitely root for the Skins all day. But right now we're on a boycott. And, and, you know, I'm still in a boycott because how they did my man RG3 was so dirty. So dirty that I just I can't get over it, and I'm sorry. Like I'm just if, if the fans that want to look at me and be like, you know, ah, right, you gotta get over it. You got I mean, look, I'm not over it because they're still ridiculing this man. This dude is still facing undue ridicule, uh, and he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. Every couple of days, his name pops up. What are we gonna do with RG3? You know, this, this, and that, and I just. I can't stand it. And I'm also, I also recognize the fact that Kirk Cousins is not that good. I'm sorry. People going to be like, you know, say different things about Kirk Cousins. And, and, and oh, he, he, he threw 300 and he almost beat the Atlanta Falcons. And last week he played and brought him back and all this stuff. Let me tell you Kirk Cousins' numbers when he's in an away game. Okay? Because he's going to New England this week. And some of y'all, y'all, I hear it on the radio. They talking about can the can the Redskins win? And no, they can't win. <laughs> Not with these numbers. Away games, he averages two forty three yards passing, one touchdown, and two picks. You like that? You like that? That's a sixty five point eight passer rating. You will not win anywhere with that with those stats. You like that? You like that? And, I, I mean, Kirk Cousins is at home. He plays a little different. He's a little more comfortable. He played the Buccaneers, ladies and gentlemen. The Buccaneers. Me and Aaron can go out there, Jones. He can be the quarterback. I can be the receiver. And his stat numbers will be just as good. I promise you. 
Because they're not that good. They're just not that good. So the truth, the truth is that we're going to, once again, Kirk Cousins is going to play bad, which I anticipate and expect. And the fans are going to be like, give him a pass because it's New England. So I'm like, but if he goes in that zone and he beats New England, like by some stroke of magic or like, you know, whatever, then they going to roll out the red carpet for this dude, man. I I anticipate the, the day after they will write this man a $100 million contract for six years. They would cut RG3. I don't, I don't, it, it would, this city would go to crazy. And I know that, like, you know, fans probably listening, like, well, aren't you a Skins fan? Like, don't you want to see them do good? No, I don't want to see them do good. I want them to completely fail because I do not believe in this coaching staff. I believe that people's minds and the propaganda that they put out here is really has the fan base believe in something that's not a reality. And I want the truth. I want to see the true colors be be shown in 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 these situations because, like, it's just it's a false hope, you know. Now the NFC East is bad this year. I mean, we just saw New York Giants get mud hole. I mean, this well breeze through for five oh five and seven touchdowns. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, New York got their own problems, but the only thing New York can stand on is that. They don't have, like, the outside stuff that we have here. So, I anticipate the Giants and the Cowboys really fighting for that, that last NFC East spot. Um, I mean, people were saying, like, you know, the Skins are in it. They're not out of it, you know, whatever. And they're not out of it. They're not out of it statistically. But I just don't think that with the coaching staff, with the players that we have, that they can consistently win and given the environment that, that surrounds this team. Well, what do you think, Aaron? Well, first, I want to start by saying Kirk Cousins is trash. And there's a zero <laughs> percent chance that they beat New England. I don't care what anybody says. There's a zero percent chance they beat New England because Kirk Cousins is trash and he's going to throw at least two interceptions. You like that? You like that? Yeah. Nah, I, I, I anticipated. I anticipated two interceptions at the minimum. Like that's a that's a minimum. So I, I, I fully anticipate him to, you know, and you know, and you know, Jay Gruden going. He going to cater that offense. Then he going to cater it to like keeping Kurt safe with his throws, all the underneath that dinking and dunking, dinking and dunking. But the dinking and dunking ain't gonna work. By the first quarter, they'll be down twenty-one if they play that game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if they try to go into this game dinking and dunking, like, okay, we just gonna try to do ball control, ball control. But you don't get no points. But it's gonna be over quick because New England, they not gonna, yeah, you know, they run the score up on people, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised if this don't get into the high 40s. If the, if the, if the skins go go in this game and don't don't go with the mentality like. We're going to score, and we're going to take shots down the field. I mean, New England's defense has go- gaps and holes, but I just don't think – first, because is not a down-the-field thrower. Like, he's not throwing the ball down the field. 
Belichick is so too smart. Like, like we watch football and we be like, young, why does the coach not know that our weakness is this? Like throwing the ball downfield or doing this or doing that. Belichick don't need he don't need none of us. He gonna go in there, John. He gonna strategically see what the what the uh, the holes is in the, in in in, the, in our our system and the way the Redskins go about it. And he gonna pick it apart. I mean, I, I'm I'm absolutely fully confident that that's gonna happen. So the only hope that the Redskins have is that they keep it uh, close. Uh, and and I don't know the running game's been bad. I don't know what they're gonna do to improve that. It's just a lot of things that is gonna be. Uh, we're gonna see this game, and it's gonna be telling. Um, yeah, I, I think for all, as far as I'm aware, like you know, Redskins is just trying to look for a moral victory and not just get blown out in this one. Um, but I, I anticipate them them getting 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 mollywhopped. Um, I'll be watching front uh, front and center. Uh, a Dallas Cowboys though. Now, what are they gonna do? Because they, you know, and, and this gives me a little bit of joy. So, uh, they just talk about how bad the Cowboys are imploding. They've lost five in a row. And they are without answer at the quarterback position. So, they had Brandon Whedon. He was trash. Then they went to Matt Castle. But it's interesting how they talk up these trash quarterbacks, too. Like, they talk Matt Castle up like, yeah, when Matt Castle in there, it's going to be different. And Matt Castle and Matt Castle... Matt Castle is trash. He's a product of a system. And, you know, New England, they, they do that a lot. They make quarterbacks look good, you know, in their system. And then they come out of their system and then you see that it's, they're no good. And Matt Castle was showing us that he's no good. But uh, the one of the surprise moves uh, this week was the Dodge Cowboys, they went in there and uh, they picked up a running back. From uh, our practice squad, they picked up Trey Williams from the Skins practice squad, and that's an interesting move because I thought they had settled in with their running backs, but apparently they let Joseph Randall go. Um, and I don't know, like Aaron, you know why they they let Joseph Randall go? I mean, I know he was uh, had to had to shoplift and jump back in it, but I I mean, but he got injured or he got demoted. And then I think he went like AWOL. He disappeared for like a day or something like that. Oh. Uh, he just a headache who's not worth the trouble. He doesn't give you enough production at 2.3 yards per carry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that, 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 yeah. I mean, so they, they went in and they got Trey Williams. And, you know, I've seen a little bit of Trey Williams in the preseason. He looked shifty, he looked like he had some quickness. You know, but uh, I mean, we really haven't seen him in like real NFL games. And so for this, you know, it seems to me like this is just like a low risk, high reward for the Dodge Cowboys to bring somebody in that possibly can help out their running game. I mean, Derek McFadden has done good and with his opportunity, you know, I mean, he always kind of leery because he's known to, to get hurt. You know, he made a toilet tissue paper and he'd be getting hurt all, all the time off just, you know, the simplest stuff. But you know, he looked good the last couple of weeks. I mean, he ran hard against Seattle. You know, he had a dehydration thing that put him on the side a little bit. But but as far as, like, him running and their offensive line looked good. I mean, once they're able to get a quarterback back there, once they get Romo back, I mean, Dodge Cowboys look to be the front runners for the NFC East. I mean, I'm sad, to, sad you know, I'm sad to say that. But, I mean, just from the eye test and me looking at what they're running game, and they've been able to run the ball effectively, you know, and they've been able to, um, 
you know, do some things defensively that I didn't anticipate and the defense looks real, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how long before Romo comes back. I know it's like, I think it's like two to three weeks or so before he comes back, but they lost five in a row. They lose two more. I think it might be over. I, I, I mean, it just might be over. Um, they might be looking at looking at the season following the same uh, line as uh, the Detroit Lions if they don't if they lose two more. And and and, and brings which brings me to the Detroit Lions. So I watched it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not like a, a male chauvinist or whatever, but. And some may think that with the, with these comments that that's about to come, but <laughs> I watched I watched the uh, the little press conference of Martha Martha Firestone Ford and talking about how she let the GM go and and the, pre- the team president go and and she she needed to just sit down somewhere for real for real she don't have need to have no no hand in football operations at all. This lady looks too old. She's ninety years old. This is you know. <laughs> No, she's no. I'm not making this up. She was born September 16, 1925, dog. That's not. She's 90 years old. Talking about the season's not over, and we going I'm like, young. You don't know nothing about football. You're one in seven. The season is over. The season is over. I, and I'm trying to figure out, like, they don't have no children or no like son that's like 32. You know what I'm saying? She's 90. She ain't got a kid that can take over the team and run football operations. Cause she she clearly does not need to be doing anything with the football operations. That that that's just the bottom line. And so they went and fired everybody. Like that's gonna solve the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is you're holding on to these pieces that can't help you win. They can't help you win. Like Calvin, he's just going through the motions. I can see it already. When he came out the other game with the little fake ankle injury and just what hobbled off to the side. When it was getting blown out, I just I knew what it was. I knew what it was because I played sports and I seen Bama do the little fake. Like, yeah, I ain't messing with this joint no more. Yeah, they blowing us out. Yeah, why am I gonna be out here? Like, you know, I know what it is. And then Matthew Stafford, I mean, this is here go another one. We, another case in point. A good, solid quarterback who got arm strength, arm talent, all this stuff. And they just elevate that over the fact that he makes bad decisions. Bad decisions. But if 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 uh Geno Smith, who's trash, don't don't get it twisted. But if he made bad decisions, they were like, oh, he's I don't know why. They just they just hamper, you know, and this is the fact. Look at it, pay attention to the words. Aaron, you know, you know all the little suggestive words that they say for the uh for the for the uh cerebral white quarterback as opposed to the the, the black quarterbacks and it, and it happens all the time they say these little slick comments in the broadcast and stuff like that and it's just become a culture of the league and so you know when we make mention of it people are like oh you're just exaggerating everything's not about race and racism I'm like yeah, yeah. pay attention just pay attention and this is coming from an African American like this is not coming from somebody who's white you know what I'm saying we have we have the the, the media here they're predominantly white and they're talking about how black people feel and trying to like rationalize it when you don't know. You just don't know. I, I'm sorry. You don't know what it is. You're driving in the car and you know, you're not doing anything. You just pulled over randomly for no reason. And then they ask you questions like, do you have any weapons in the car? That is no, like, you know, like, what, well, bro? I'm in a three piece suit with a badge. Like, 
my badge on. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? So, the, the situation right now in Detroit is, is a fail. It is a complete fail. They should have, yesterday should have been a fire sale of everything. They want to get rid of coaches and presidents and all that stuff. They need to get rid of Matthew Stafford, get him like two, two, three ones, but, and, and get rid of Calvin Johnson, get like two, three, one. Like, you need to just take the best people you have and just try to bring in new talent and new, new, Cause I think I think me personally, I think Calvin Johnson's best days are behind him, unless he gets with like a Brady, a Rogers, you know what I'm saying? Even like Cam Newton, like I I can see him with a um with the Panthers, but at this point, I think it, it, it's over. It's over. What, what do you think? I think you're not going to win anything with Matt Stafford as quarterback. So that's the first step. There's plenty of teams out here that are hurting for quarterbacks, like the Dallas Cowboys, that I feel like if Detroit wanted to, they could have gotten something for him and Calvin Johnson because um, they're not going to win anything in the near future. Calvin's headed towards the end of his career. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with Matt Stafford. So you had to make a move at the trade deadline, sitting at the record they were sitting at. And then another thing, why would you fire the GM? and the president after the trade deadline. If you were going to do something like that, you do it before the trade deadline so you give the new person a chance to do whatever they feel they have to do between now and the end of the season. So whoever is operating that job now, they're pretty much hamstrung to just sit and watch the debacle unfold for the rest of the year. And it, it just it's not fair to the new person taking the job. And, I mean, I don't know what to tell you about. The no, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's you got a 90-year-old woman handling football operations. It's a fail. I'm sorry. You can, you can criticize me. You can, write, you can tweet me. You can write me letters. It's a fail. She's 90. When she started about were no face mask on the helmet, and the helmet was made out of leather. That should qualify her not to be in the I can't believe it. it it's, 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 it's unbelievable. So they, they did all the fire, and you make great points, man. I, I think that they definitely should have made that, that fire. If they were going to fire, they should have did that, like, two weeks ago or, you know, before that London game and, and give the new person an opportunity to try to, like, you know, salvage the season, make changes, bring new people in that, that could, like, you know, even even change the trajectory for the future. Now you're bringing them in into, a, like, a, a – like a volatile, it's a mess. It's a mess. That's the bottom line. Codwell, Codwell, uh, I don't even know what to say about him. Like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how he kept his job throughout all of this. I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea. But it's not going to be good for him because it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And he's going to be the only one left there to blame why it's getting worse. Because the new people going to come in, and they're just going to be like, oh, I'm new. You know what I'm saying? I just got here. And he's going to be taking all the flack for everything. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I, I don't see it panning out any any uh, anytime soon for anybody in that, that organization or that franchise in a positive way. Uh, so, tonight, we got the Thursday night football game. 
We got uh, Johnny, Johnny Manziel, uh, starting for the Browns. And, and I know you've been very vocal about Johnny Manziel, Aaron. You always like, he should have been starting from, from the jump street. And I, I agree. I agree. I mean, we're going to see what Johnny does tonight versus the, uh, versus the Bengals. And the Bengals on a high street, and they're winning. And, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's been playing lights out football, and, and the Bengals have been playing lights out. And, you know, uh, Marvin Lewis has this team prepared each week to play in these tough games. And I, I don't think the Browns are that bad. I don't even think they're that bad. I just think that they just – I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I watched the game last – you know, the uh, game rewind. That's the best thing that happened to me. I'm not even trying to put a shout-out for it. But, you know, being able to watch the games and see the games in, in its entirety – I, I mean, the Browns have these. They have talent. They have a defense. They have talent on their team, and they get up in games, but they just can't sustain it. I don't. I don't know why. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Johnny like infuses the team with like a life or energy that gets them over the hump in this game. I mean, they're going to. Uh, they're going to the Bengals stadium, and last year, I think the uh, if I recall right, the Browns did beat the Bengals last year, but I don't. I mean, the Bengals are a good team. They got a lot of weapons on their on their offense. Their defense is, is good. It's it's not great and it's not bad. It's just good. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know why the coach waited this long to make this 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 decision. Is is uh, Josh McCown hurt, eh? or, or or what is it? He's trash. That's what it is. <laughs> got him. <he>. Got him. <he. laughs> <laughs> oh, hey! So, so, so you, you, you on board with the Johnny Manziel? I've been on board. I understand why they keep retreading these low ceiling quarterbacks, these safe plays at quarterbacks, and taking lose, hoping to sneak out wins in the fourth quarter. It's a waste of time for the franchise and for the fans. Yeah, you know, here once again we have a situation where it's all about the. Like, this is the guy I can control. This is the guy that's, you know, he's he's safe. He's this. And then you got the, the, the firecracker with the talent that, 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 that can get the job done. And, and and you have the coaches, like, bouncing back between that. And, yeah, Johnny Manziel, he does some stupid things. I'm not even going to try to defend the man. But the brother can play football. If I, I mean, they let all these other bums play and do all off-the-field stuff. Like, I, I just... Put, they should have been made this move. He's younger. You're going to build your franchise around Josh McCown? No. You're not. Why even waste the time? Develop your young talent. Get him better. Go through the growing pains with him now. You know. And then let him play and let him flourish. You know what I'm saying? The Browns don't want to be sorry and known as a, a team that just, you know, keeps uh, full of losers. This is how you have to win. You have to start, um, you know, using the talent that you have on your team. Johnny Manziel is a better quarterback, in my opinion, than Josh McCown. Now, he's not a, as a safer quarterback as Josh McCown, but in my opinion, his ceiling is much, much higher than Josh McCown's ceiling will ever be. I mean, Josh McCown's ceiling is reached. It's at its peak. You know, in that game last week, when they needed to make a play, uh, they couldn't make a play. They couldn't make a play. And, 
I don't, I don't think you can put it all on Josh McCown, but I think some of it's just the mentality. You know what I'm saying? Some of it's just the mentality. And as a quarterback, your mentality trickles down to, the, to your, 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 your uh, offense, your players. And so hey, it'll be uh, you know nice to watch uh, Johnny Manziel tonight and see what he does. So with that, transitioning to a whole nother sport, because we, we do all the sports here. We just don't, we just don't uh, keep it relegated to uh, just football. We're going to basketball, and we're going to talk about them wizards. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Beal gets open for three. Dagger! They don't have any timeouts left, so like I said, Washington has to pick up three-tenths of a second. And that'll do it! Bradley Beal's dagger three gives the Wizards the the win, 102-99. The Wizards went to work last night, and they got a W, a tough W, versus a tough team. They beat the Spurs in the the final moments of the game. Um, And I'm just, like, the Joe just did my heart so much justice because, like, when Tony Parker hit that three, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, it's Jonah over. Like, when they play good teams, and this is just, this is, I've been a Wizards home team fan for my whole life. And Aaron, you, you can you can tell me if you felt the same, but whenever we play like the good, good teams, right? It's like, I never feel fully confident that we can beat them. Like, if we do, I'd be feeling like it's off the fluke or like we just got lucky or something crazy. You know what I'm saying? But I don't feel like we can just like, like go toe to toe with them and just beat them. And last night, watching the game, I saw them go the toe-to-toe with the Spurs. I'm talking about the Spurs, in my opinion. Greg Popovich is the best coach in the league, hands down, in my opinion. How he does his lineups, how he, like, you know, his adjustments, all of those things. And this team is prepared, and they're well-prepared for all situations. And for us to come out there, and, and I got to give Randy Whitman credit. I, and, 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 and Randy Whitman, if he just cutting the nade today, I'd be happy. But uh, until then, I'm, I, I've seen, last night, that was a good play call. That was, that was a good set that they ran. They had the ball in uh, John Wall's hand. They had the screen with Gortai, and then you had Bradville pop out, and, and then there's a mismatch there. And you have the ball in your best scorer's hands, and he has the green light. That's what you do. That's what NBA basketball is. You don't you don't have to like do a whole bunch of like intricate plays. Yeah, when OKC down, who getting the ball? Westbrook or Durant? That's it. They gonna get the ball in their hands. They are gonna get out the way. Now, what, what was genius was that he had the play orchestrated in order to get the ball into their hands with the down screens and stuff like that. But I, I just I, I was thoroughly impressed. And very happy to see that. And my man Otto Porter had 19 points. He's shocking me right now. I didn't think he had it in him. You know, I, I, I was curious to see what kind of what his game would blossom into. But he's he's just like doing dirty work. He just the team looks good. The team looks good. And, and right now, so my question is, what 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 are your Wizards expectations? What, what do you think about the game, Aaron, and, and, their, and the expectations of the Wizards? <laughs> I feel like for the first time in a long time, it doesn't seem like uh, the Wizards is one of the local teams that's getting out coached in every game. Because it's like when we play sorry teams, we play sorry. When we play good teams, we're in the game, but end up losing it in the end. 
and for the lo- first time in a long time, it seems like they're at least adequate in that department. Nah, they, they definitely are. Um, they, they they look strong. They look like a cohesive unit. They look together. I know, I know. You know, Randy Women has mixed up the lineups, and you don't see Nene go tied together. And I, I like that. I, I like that they're not together because last year when they played together, I mean, it was just clog everything up. Man, dudes couldn't cut, and it was just bad. And so now I see them to a more free flowing style of play. And I think it works for the, the the pieces that they have. We have shooters, they're up and up and down the floor, but their resilience last night in a game where, you know, two years ago they would have just let it go. Or they wouldn't have kept fighting. But in all of these games this year, they fight to the end. And I and I and I and I'm 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 liking that. I just hope that it can continue. I'm praying for good health for all the players, especially the uh, you know, the stars on this team, and that they can continue to uh progress. And if they, you know, they can win the East and be the top seed, that would do big things for the confidence of the team and the expectations for, you know, this city and, and what they're going to do. So uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what's coming from from the Wizards next um, and watching them. Uh, lastly, on our program, as we come down to the to the end of our program, we're just going to talk about the the hiring of Dusty Baker. And uh, I, I'm really, I mean, I'm happy about the hire. And I know people have their different opinions on how they got to the hire. And they're like, you know, it was, you know, Bud Black. And there was some, you know, funny business going on with that. And they didn't want to talk the right money. And I know people are saying that, you know, the Nationals don't really value their their uh, their managers. And they won't pay them and all these different things and whatever, whatever. But they're, they're on the team and they can do what they want. You know what I'm saying? And they, they put the expectation out there. And if people accept it, they accept. But I'm just saying about Dusty Baker. I think that he is the missing piece to this team. I think that he will be a great addition to helping these players progress and bringing the, the team together. You know, I think that it was it was a disjointed team. I think at times they were together. And at times, you know, they looked like a cohesive unit. But for the majority of time when things weren't going well, they look like kind of just everybody's on doing their own thing. And I hope, you know, that Dusty Baker will bring the team together. I mean, the team is full of talent, um, you know, full of promise. You have arguably one of the best players in baseball on your team that you'll, you'll, you'll have, he'll have at his disposal. And uh, I'm really excited about the what, what what's in store for the Nationals, and I'll be watching closely. I just hope that, you know, given this market, you know, that – the fans just, the fans in this area are just different kind of fans. Like the media is just a different kind of media. And I just don't want to see, you know, because they're going to be downs and ups and downs throughout the season. And I hope that it doesn't get, it doesn't go down where the media will just start attacking um, Dusty Baker, especially given the circumstances of the whole hiring process, because that's like just just easy a uh, easy target would be if things aren't going well for them to just look and like you know put it all on Dusty Baker's fault and head whatever and you know it, I just don't want to see that happen. So you know I'm hopeful that he can bring the talent and unify the team where they can be the team that everybody believes them to be. I mean, they're they're like that. They're good. They have talent, you know, and they've shown that at, in spurts they can they can beat any team. So um, 
I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that that will that his his tenure here or the time here that he's here will be a successful one, and and will just add to his resume of the the great accomplishments that he he's already already had. I mean, he had the winning percentage in his career, and though it's not a winning percentage in the playoffs, uh, and people were quick to bring that up, but I'm like, come on, we didn't even go to the playoffs this year, so what does it matter? Like, if he can get us there. You know, of course, the expectations are high, but you want someone who's experienced. And to me, Dusty Baker is a good hire. He's experienced. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Nats. You know, I told my wife we'll, we'll even go check out a few games this year um, and, and, and support support the team. So that that's our time. You know, um, please tune in every week. We'll have these discussions talking about different things going on in the sports world. And you know, addressing your questions, you can you can tweet us at uh, Black Sports 980, and it's BLK Sports 980. You can tweet us questions if you have questions about you know or things you want us to address, things you want us to talk about. We'll we'll go ahead and talk about them on on, on the program. And uh, you know, keep it real. We want you know bring the bring the real while we're here. Shut